Hey guys, welcome back to Century Overload Podcast. Um, it's your favorite co-host, Presley Colby, and your second favorite co-host, Ashley Deaver. That's right. So we're here. We are in the DFW area, a current special educator. And I am the assistant program director of a nonprofit school in Addison and Farmers Branch. Yep. And we've got some really cool things to talk about. So Ashley, I'll let you tell everybody what we're talking about today. Thanks, Press. So today we are talking about sensory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge part of our day at school. Um, and we feel like it's the foundation for kind of everything that we do day to day. And in the special needs community, it just needs to be explained a little bit better. Um, so starting off, I think it's important to talk about the five senses. So touch being the tactile system. Of course. Um, so that's your skin receptors and um, what what that really means for us will kind of come later when we talk about um, sensory processing disorders and some other things that um, kind of can go wrong with um, the senses. So then you also have sight, so visual in your eyes and visual processing, hearing your auditory system, um, and then taste and smell, which Mm -hmm. are usually grouped together. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's your gustatory and your olfactory systems. Um, Gustatory, I always have to be reminded what that means in context, because I'm thinking like a gust of wind. Right. But it does not mean that. No. I mean, you could have a (laughs) gust of wind that you just taste. (laughs) Oh, I'm full. Oh, I'm going to turn the fan on too high. I'm too full. (laughs) Um, In college, I had like an acronym or something that helped me remember all of these for an exam, but I'll have to go. Well, we're way past that. I'll have to go back in the think tank for mm-hmm. that one. Um, but aside from the five senses, which everyone is pretty well aware of, um, are six, seven, and eight. And those are the senses that aren't really talked about. Right. So the sixth sense being the vestibular system. Mm-hmm. So vestibular for us is the inner ear. And I know with your speech and language, um, speech pathology background, you guys had to extensively learn about the inner ear. Oh and my goodness, yes. how that affects your balance mm-hmm. and spatial awareness and mm-hmm. where you really are as a person in space and what that means. Which sounds so silly, but that just means in relation to where you are. Like I can reach my arm out and know that you're over there, but I can't touch you. Sometimes our kids don't have that spatial awareness ability. Sometimes I was telling my husband the other day, it's hard to explain that they don't realize that when their hand goes away, it's still attached to their body. And the vestibular has a lot to do with that too. I couldn't imagine. Honestly, how I equate that is when I've had too much to drink. I mean, feeling feeling overserved or having too many alcoholic beverages, Ugh. teacher juice, as we yes. call it. Laying in bed, having to put one foot on the floor. Like, yeah. Oh. I, I just couldn't imagine that being mm-hmm. day-to-day, Ugh. 24-7, 365, questioning where you're you are in space. It's just, it, it's bunkers. So your vestibular system um, would be your sixth sense, and your seventh sense would be your proprioceptive kinesthetic um, system. So that's really your muscles and joints. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another big one for a lot of our sensory kiddos. Um, and the last one is often overlooked, even in the community that we're in, occupational therapists really touch on it. Um, but it's the interoception. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> meaning sensations related to your physiological and physical conditions of the body. So right. hunger, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple other big ones, hunger, thirst, mm-hmm. and then go into the bathroom. Right. Oh so, my goodness. So yes. knowing that your body's like, Hey, gotta go. We work really closely with an occupational therapist where we work. 
And there's a difference, right? There's mm-hmm. a difference between an occupational therapist who just does regular OT and one that's certified in sensory. Yeah. And I don't remember the letters that come after it. It's like OT, accept. Thank you. S I P T. Sensory integration. You guys are going to have to help us out. Yeah, I don't remember. If you're, if you're like, SIPT trained. Hey, hey, Tiff, where are you at? We got to know. <laughs> no, but um, I remember Tiffany Meyer, our um, occupational therapist that I love working so closely with, mm-hmm. talking about a mutual friend that we had that was having a lot of trouble with going to the bathroom. It was like he would go and then immediately have an accident, but he just couldn't. His body wasn't alerting him. Right. Somewhere along the way, physiologically, was not tying with his brain wasn't sending the message at the right time and it was always too late yeah but we're past that he do he's doing great now you know <laughs> i'm so glad to hear that i know tiff got him regulated wow. she got him in check but that's so awesome and again that's a huge part of what we do day to day is regulate those systems mm-hmm. so talking about the five senses if something is off um we say those kiddos have a sensory processing disorder right and while that's not overly Um, discussed or wildly recognized right now in the medical community. Um, It is. is. It's not in the DSM-5, but um, it is a, um, it's a precursor Mm -hmm. for ASD. Yes. So, I mean, I I just foresee that becoming a huge part of um, diagnosing and um, the medical field here pretty soon because of the effect that we see working with these kiddos and really focusing on those those systems and regulating them for the higher level learning. Right. So then that ties into also the neurodevelopment, so that period uh, pyramid of success, right? Mm-hmm. So the foundations are those autonomic systems. Right. And they're so, so, so important to have regulated. Right, which a lot of people don't realize, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a lot of things that are really inappropriate in schools that just don't know. I right. mean, you don't know what you don't know. They're not trying to cause harm, but it's this pyramid of, what would you call it, Pyra- pyramid of learning. Yeah by Williams and Schellenberger, Mary Sue Williams and Sherry Schellenberger. They're both OTs. They were the founders of the alert program for self-regulation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We've never worked with them. It's like our Bible. (laughs) Yeah, it truly is like our Bible. I follow this thing every single day, but I also forgot to mention at the beginning, Ashley and I are not diagnosticians. We are not speech therapists. We are not occupational therapists. Um, I don't even have a teaching degree. I am a therapist by nature that kind of turned teacher just because I fell in love with what I was doing. I have an undergraduate degree in communication sciences and disorders, and I'm earning my master's in special education leadership. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Ashley. So my background is in psychology. So the theory and uh, theological stuff really interests me. And then I have my master's in human development and early childhood disorders. So the early development is is key to a lot of what we're seeing now. So all of those childhood ACEs right. and um, just some traumatic experiences um, in in utero and just from then on. It, I mean, mm-hmm. neurodevelopment is a huge missed piece for some of our kiddos that, that gets overlooked. I a mean, lot of times it really does. But I wanted to just make that clear. Yes. So that we I are not trying you. to diagnose. We are not trying to tell you something that we are the end all be all. We know everything. We do not. This is just stuff that we're really interested in. Mm-hmm. And I remember being an early educator thinking, what am I doing? Even an early therapist not knowing what was going on. So if someone would have told me this, if I would have had this tidbit of information, it would have helped me tool in your toolbox yes we gotta build that up girl Mm -hmm. but anyway so we are talking about the pyramid of learning which is something that i work with every single day it's 
a pyramid. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. At the very, very top of it is academic learning. So a lot of people don't realize you can't have a four-year-old. We're struggling with this right now. Yeah. You can't have a four-year-old sit in a chair for 30 minutes for circle time. It's not appropriate. He's four. No, it's not appropriate, especially if they're not engaged. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about something that they are not understanding and you're not meeting them where they're at to explain it to them, they're going to check out. It doesn't matter how many songs you sing or, or how many... Um, fun things you have planned. Yes. If it's if it's not jiving with them and it's over their head, you gotta you gotta move on. Mm -hmm. It's just not appropriate. I totally agree. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk more about the learning pyramid. Okay, we're back. Um, your average chills are back. Talking about the learning period, but pyramid. Ooh. <laughs> but we want to talk some more about sensory processing. Yes, because again, that's just the foundation. You got to have a sound foundation to build up. Um, so, Kevin, did you know that there were more than five senses? No, I didn't. I didn't know you guys were going to bring me in so fast, so, so soon. But <laughs> I'm happy to be. No, of course not. I've never heard of that. I know. It's, it's pretty crazy. Six, seven, and eight. Mm -hmm. And the sixth sense. I feel weird saying. Is that a oh, real I thing? Like, I know. I mean, it's it's a real it's thing. It's not dead people. It's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of movies. Yeah, it's a real thing. Especially six and seven. Like I said, eight is kind of grouped into other ones, um, but it can stand alone also. Okay, walk me through number six. So number six is vestibular. Vestibular, like we talked about, inner ear. So that's your balance and movement. Mm -hmm. So when you hear that a kid's vestibular system is unregulated. Right. Or some people like to say equilibrium. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different. but And it's... that's different than your sense of hearing. Yes. Okay. So we're talking it's... about the nerves and all of that and how they respond and react to your brain. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And how, again, like we were talking about earlier, how you feel how you are in space and where your spatial awareness and um, balance and movement. So if, if your vestibular system is off, mm -hmm. you're going to be out of control. Oh my gosh. Out of control. Kind of and, like you said, drunk. Right. I mean, drunk for adults and imagine getting off a roller coaster. Ugh. And that's, that's how these kids systems feel 24 seven, 365. So it's our job as their advocates and as their teachers and administrators and people that, um, work just with them. as a part of their team. Yeah. You know, that's just exactly like, a team. Like you said, their advocate, we really have to kind of fight for them for people to understand because it's technically not research proven or someone, right. I had someone tell me that today. Oh, I don't, I don't believe in oral motor because there's not enough research. I was like, Ooh, then you're not my kind of people. So, right. uh, how many? Sorry, guys, didn't mean to interrupt. How many yep. um, actual senses are there then? Total. You may have already said that. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. there are eight. Eight. Okay. There are eight total. And An additional three that people are unaware yes. of. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. What six, are the, what the, are the six five senses? Then, oh yeah. What are the five senses? Do you know? Pop quiz. Uh, smell, touch, feel. Oh wait, that's the same as touch. Smell. <laughs> oh, I counted touch, it. Sight. Yes. Uh, hearing. And. Um. You keep moving your thumb. I'm like I'm a opposable thumb. Is that a part of it? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I was waiting. <laughs> not giving... You were just holding up number I five. Was not, I, wasn't... I thought the thumb was a clue. No, I wasn't giving you a visual cue. <laughs> I don't even remember which ones I said. Sight, hearing, touch, taste, 
Did I not say tits before? Is that the nope, one? Nope, that okay. was it. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I should know this. I'm only 33 years old. <coughs> hey, never too late to learn, right? Never. Well, before never today, I didn't know there were an additional three. So. There you go. Well, that's what we're here for. Hey, take that home with you. That's a pearl of wisdom. That is a pearl. A little you're pearls. Wel- you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes to proprioceptive. So your seventh sense is your kinesthetic sense. Um, those are those muscle and joints. So when occupational therapists first theorized and recognized some of the issues that were causing their patients distress, um, they found ways to remedy it and, mm-hmm. and to regulate the, the system. And um, a couple ways that we've seen therapists really work with our kids to work on their proprioceptive systems are um, deep pressure mm-hmm. and giving them a lot of um, physical input or... So- Deep pressure. Deep pressure means a lot of, in our sensory gym, we have these big things to call them crash pads. And a lot of these kids, they have other needs special with their sensory processing. Mm-hmm. So we do have kiddos who just are our sensory processing kiddos, but a lot of them is coupled with things like autism or other um, disabilities. And they don't get to play those contact sports. They're not hitting a baseball and feeling that jolt. They're not running into each other, playing football or playing Red Rover on the playground. So many things that we used to do when we were kids, they don't get. So they miss that developmental input, so to speak. Right. And none of those things are appropriate for Mm -mm. them. So we have to find things that are appropriate for them to then integrate them and really work on including them in that world. We're right. trying to open that door and bridge bridge the gap between where they're at and where they want to go right. to become part of the community. And um, that starts with the regula- regulation of their systems. So um, proprioceptive, like we were talking about, and Presley was talking about muscles and joints. And then the last one, again, interoception, um, which is the eighth sense. So sensation relating to your physiological and mm-hmm. physical um, condition. That's what we talked about, like knowing when to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. or when you get hurt, realizing that there's pain right there. A right. lot of times kids don't do that or just being able to express where they're hurting. Or it's one way or the other, mm-hmm. right? So some sometimes you're hypersensitive you're right. or hypo mm-hmm. and that is kind of across the board with all of these senses. Sometimes even with the five senses, you're hypersensitive to food or hyposensitive to, um, to sights and, and smells and, um, to really find that balance is is kind of an occupational therapist's right. job, quote unquote. They wear many different hats, but creating a sensory diet, that's another um, kind of hot topic that we get asked a lot. What yes. is a sensory diet? Oh, I love mm-hmm. when a kid has a sensory diet. So what is a sensory diet? Kevin, what's a sensory diet? <laughs> what is a sensory diet? <laughs> well, so let us tell you. a sensory diet okay, is... Okay, can I guess? Yeah, guess, 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 guess. Um, uh, like a regimen, um, like a, you know, like a food diet, except that relates to your senses. Yeah. Wow. Like a way to engage your oh, eight senses. Yep. There All we right. go. That is a that is a wiki version. One step at a time. There you go. So, why is this important to kind of a teacher? You know, we're talking a lot about occupational therapy mm-hmm. and because kids are developmental and they're growing and learning how to use and process their senses. Right, Kevin. All right, you're getting it. We're and now, the show. now we have um three <laughs> hosts, fun. Kevin. Kevin's our third. No, no, no. Average Joe. He's average Joe to the Jills. Oh, he's the Joe to the Jills. Simply your producer. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. That's exactly right. So we have a lot of kids that come in and from other places, they're seen as behaviors. Mm, Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote behaviors, which I do not agree with. Um, We have been kind of trying to look at a kid. Like I said, I'm speech, speechy background. So to me, all behavior is communication. Mm -hmm. And when I see something going on, my first thought is, are they regulated? 
what's going on. And if they have a sensory diet, I can say, okay, what parts have you done? And that just means exactly like you said, okay, run in the gym and crash five times or complete the Wahlberger brushing protocol, Mm -hmm. which is where you take a therapeutic brush and you literally brush their body. And like Ashley was saying earlier, joint compressions for that deep pressure. And it is amazing the change it can make in some kids. It takes some tweaking sometimes, you Mm -hmm. know, it kind of does take a lot of effort and people are dynamic. We're always changing. So what worked in the past might not work now. Thank goodness for that though. Could you imagine being just a stagnant human no. where, where nothing's changing and, and, um, everything stays the same. What it is would that be a lot homeostasis? Mm-hmm. Man, science. <laughs> Homie, ho- hopefully they're in homeostasis though. Cause oh, you want their, different? their body temperature to be the same okay. and all yep. that kind of stuff. See, but here I am using words. I don't really know what they mean. <laughs> Educated. Stagnant, uh, dynamic. <laughs> those are those are good ones. Static, um, homeostasis. But Presley had a great point. <laughs> this this relates to everyone, not just the therapy world. So, as a teacher, Presley uses these sensory diets every day. Mm-hmm. So, if you're in a public school and you feel like your hands are tied because you have a child who, again, quote unquote, has a behavior plan um, that's not appropriate for them, you you need some tools in your toolbox. So, this can look like um, coming up with some activities and we'd be happy to share some activities yeah, with you guys. If absolutely. you have certain kiddos in mind and you just feel stuck, Sometimes there's always somebody it's as easy as having them doing their work, laying on their stomach, right. Or putting Changing up their up handwriting there. underneath their desk where they have to lay on their back and get all of that as input, having them chew gum. My goodness. People let your kids chew gum in class, yeah. monitor it. Don't let them walk out the door without it in their mouth. That's perfectly fine. Right. But that's, oral simulation and it's not sugar you can mm-hmm. get sugar free Absolutely. It, it really is just we have input. kids with extremely sensitive food diet or dietary restrictions mm-hmm. food sensitivities mm-hmm. and they can chew gum some of our kids legitimately chew on a chewy kevin and we were talking about someone chewing ice earlier right that's an oral simulation and as adults and as typically functioning adult we do this naturally so mm-hmm. we um will regulate ourselves and teach ourselves self self-regulation. Um, and again, that could be tapping the foot right. or chewing ice, chewing on gum. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Under the table. You're uh-huh. probably fidgeting with your hands. I am. Or... I like to feel grounded when I'm doing mm-hmm. things like this is so weird, but like when I'm at church and I'm worshiping or things like that, I like to take my shoes off and feel grounded. So when I feel really nervous, my shoes are off. I'm not typically nervous, but guess see. what? My shoes are off. Kick them over here. Let me see. Oh, I don't Ooh. want to show you my toe. <laughs> I need some petty. Nobody ever would have known if you had to <laughs> Well, it's regulation, right? It is. I'm it trying is. to stay regulated so over here. So you advocate for yourself because you know your system and, mm-hmm. and you're able to read cues and that sort of thing. And, and our kiddos can't. So we right. have to advocate. Again, I keep saying it, but these are the buzzwords that you're hearing. So we want you to be advocates for your kids. And if and you ask questions, yeah, it, ask why it that's, that's so important. I What's agree. that book? I love the out of sync child has fun. It's yeah. a great resource. It is. And then I'm reading another one again. I can't remember what it's called, but Gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. I'll think about it later. Stuck thinking. Yes, stuck thinking. Ask why instead of thinking, okay, we have to make this kid fit in this box. Ask why they're doing that. Right. And it's so, not so easy, but it's kind of fun to figure out. It's a process. And then mm-hmm. once you do figure it out, you feel accomplished and the child is visibly and noticeably different. Right. I mean, it's almost like a weight is lifted <sighs> off of them. So even if they're not nonverbal and they're able to communicate with you, it, it's it's a challenging concept to realize what it should feel like. Mm-hmm. So until you 
you show them what it's like to be regulated and achieve, you know, that higher level learning and get higher and higher in the pyramid that we're going to talk about. Um, they, again, they don't know what they don't know. So we have to, we have to advocate for the kids. Yes, we do. <laughs> so back to that pyramid, the pyramid of learning. Um, the very bottom is your sensory system. All of the stuff that we just talked about, those eight senses. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to your sensory motor. So your body ding, ding, scheme. Ding, ding. Yep. And what that looks like. Sensory motor is your ability to use those senses and move mm -hmm. and apply them and what you're doing. Um, Which and, for a kid, that's play. And that's the child's work. So developmentally appropriate which we'll get into you know a little bit later in other other episodes it's it's appropriate for kids to explore their world right by hands-on activities and learning and exploring and playing and socializing that's that's definitely how kids achieve higher level pyramid learning mm -hmm. so like we talked about earlier we start from the ground up mm -hmm. a lot of people start from the top down and it's a process right yes i mean we don't get kids that come to us and we achieve this overnight it's it's not a, a cure or a um it's it's not a easy fix but it's it's one that's worthwhile and not one size fits all mm -hmm. there are definitely things you can try that's true Trial and error. Yeah. That's the best way to trial and error to use the pyramid. Mm -hmm. So the sensory motor, what else is on the sensory motor? Sensory motor, um, it's your body scheme, your reflexes, the ability to screen input. So kind of like what you need and what you don't need. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, and how you process that stimuli, right? So a child could be um, really adverse to smell and their vestibular system could be off. And then two years down the road, those systems are intact and then it's, um, touch, physical touch mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe they're proprioceptive. So again, always changing and, and, um, it's dynamic. Yes. It's <laughs> dynamic, not homeostasis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So the next one is being aware of two sides of the body. A lot of things you'll hear is left side neglect or right side neglect. Mm -hmm. And that comes with all different things, but it's really just kind of waking up their body. Right. Like we talked about earlier, the senses and being able to know where you are in space. Yeah. And that dexterity, being mm -hmm. able to cross midline and do activities that, that include both sides of the brain and that sort of thing. It doesn't even have to be, um, with their hands. Right. It, it really is in every sense of left and right brain body. Everything. My word is right. I'm trying to stay on track and I keep saying, right. <laughs> Let's do a count. How many times I've said it? Anyway, so the next one is perceptual motor, and that gets more into development. Yeah, it does. And um, attention, all that stuff, postural adjustment, adjustment, ocular motor control. I know, I do the same thing too. <laughs> I can feel. Have you seen those little things that you put on your back and like? Whoop? I have. Do you think those work? I don't know. I kind of want to try it. I mean, we should with our kids. Why not? Mm-hmm. And then we could, or us first, I guess. Yeah. I feel like we should be like, maybe we should try it on us first <laughs> and then we'll put it on the, I've also seen the ones you kind of put on like a backpack, but it just like cranks right there. I think that's what mess. I mean, I'm not attributing that, but can you, do you remember carrying around a backpack in school and it weighing about 50 pounds with all of your books and, you know, I gotta be honest. I had a rolly. And you were probably a one strapper too. <laughs> I the, was the cool guy who I did. You know, I had shoulder. a I had a rolly up until like, I don't know, seventh grade. Liar. Then I got At the least high school. No, no. <laughs> high school I had a juicy one strap. 
I did. Did that. It was cute. I think I probably still have it with a little poodle thing attached. Yeah. So basically I had a laptop bag before it was cool to have a laptop bag. Laptop. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back on track. So okay. where are we? We're at development perceptual motor. Yeah. Perceptual motor then gets into your eye hand, which is what a lot of people say, but I've always learned that it's hand eye. So hand eye coordination with sports. That's Have you really... tried to do that? Close Kevin, you do it too. Close your eyes. Put both of your arms out and All then right. point like you're pointing at someone on your right and your left side and try to touch your fingertips like you're hugging a tree. Did you miss? I, I got to go slow. I miss. I got to go slow. Let's see. Oh, I missed. I almost, I almost got it. Dang. On it's the second hard. try, I can do it, but yep, yep. yep it's right. really hard. It is hard. Well, and our... I like that. <laughs> so that hand-eye coordination. Let's make him do some midline activities and <laughs> oh, do it again. We should. We'll we'll test on him later. We'll work that into my sensory diet. There, thank you. Yeah, great. <laughs> what a great use of that. Love, love it. I'm loving it. We're just learning, moving and grooving. So then... Um, stuff about stuff. There's posture. <laughs> <laughs> your, your attention center functions, visual, spatial perception, um, and auditory language skills. Eee. Should we talk about auditory processing? We should. All right, after the break. Courtney Willis. Miss Courtney Willis. Miss Tiffany Meyer. Mm-hmm. Which we already talked about her. Just spitballing. I think she's like one or two guests a month. Yeah. Just that's to like get a little bit fine. of variety and get some other people in and kind of spread the word. But then also you don't want to lose so like easy. the root of the show is kind of supposed to be you two, I think. So Thanks. and if people no, are like right. investing no, in the right. characters and personality and they like you guys and they're like tune in and all of a sudden it's like three weeks of guests are gonna be like, What the fuck? That's so, true. I've been like that on Me too. So on podcasts. All right. You're rolling whenever you're ready. Okay. We're back. The Average Jills. Guess it's me, Presley. Mm -hmm. And Ashley. Okay, so we're going to finish up talking about the learning pyramid and what that means. And on our next show, we're going to talk about central auditory processing disorder, right. development, all that kind of stuff. Oh, now you're the writer. I know. I just agree. I feel like we're I on know. the same page about it's all hard. of these things, which is why we decided to do a podcast. Right. But it's why you guys have me here to be the... Yeah, just tell it. Can you cut it out? I need a I need a cough we just switch keep, and a right switch. We, we just keep one upping each other. We're like, yeah, yeah, and, and this and, and that. And I know that just that's why it works. Well, I'm not correct. disagreeing with you. <laughs> Let's just have different synonyms for right. I think correct is the only other one that comes Google to mind. Google synonyms for right. I think y'all need a producer Pause. to say I have no idea what y'all are talking about occasionally. Oh. So that's what I'm just going to jump in for. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Anyway, back on track. So we're at the top of the pyramid. What this entire podcast has been about. So like I said before, so many people look at it from bottom up, top down. Top I'm down. sorry. And it's bottom up. Don't go top down. The very, very tippy top of it is academic learning. You can't have academic learning unless you're regulated. You can't. You it's, cannot. It's impossible. It truly is. So you can't, I mean, you can make a kid sit there, but what are they going to really retain? Nothing. One of my biggest mentors always says it's better to have 20 minutes of really, really, really good instruction than an hour of five minutes here, two minutes there of oh, yeah. kids just feeling crazy or crawling out of their skin. Well, and then where do they, where do they put that? You mm -hmm. know? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it goes nowhere. 
it's not retained. Mm-hmm. It it isn't um, put in the right place for them to compartmentalize or be able to um, pull out again and be able to use. So it's not functional learning at that point. They're just they're doing something because you want them to be doing it, not because that they're learning. So, exactly. I mean, oh, uh, exactly. Yeah, they're they're just exactly. That's another one. Oh, for right. There we go. We got three. <laughs> now I got three in my think tank. Um, but so many people want these kids to be kind of cookie cutters. Yes. They're just little, little cookies. Answer. Only answer when I ask you to. Only respond when I'm expecting it. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Which, don't get me wrong, in a perfect world, right? In a perfect world, that would happen for anyone. I mean, it maybe a utopia, but even even in a class of typically functioning kiddos, it's it's not appropriate right the kids are gonna get excited hopefully about (laughs) dang i know they're gonna get excited about what's going on if you're doing your job as a teacher and you are the most entertaining thing to them in that room and the most engaging right they're (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i can't stop i I pump me up i'm no i'm I'm going exactly oh um (laughs) they they're going to want to perform for you and they're going to want to learn, but it's going to be on their terms. And if you have done your job again and you've laid the foundation and you've built your way up, you're going to achieve academic learning and they're going to blow through goals. They're going to do amazingly uh, their on behaviors, their... behaviors not going to be an issue. Right. They're going to they're going to perform on tests. They're going to they're they're going to be little angels. Oh. <laughs> and it's also important to remember that they're still people. You yeah. know, there are many days I come to work and I am able to say, you guys, I'm having an off day. I need 3 minutes, let me finish my coffee or my fiber. Yeah, I need a fiber. That's what we call it. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. All it takes is 5 minutes. They can't say that. Back to what we we're talking about before, advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. We are able to do that. Sometimes our kids don't have that ability. Right. So it's important. Another thing I want to point out, what is this kind of central focus of this whole thing? You probably, that's a really ambiguous question. It is. But when I give you the answer of what I'm thinking, you'll completely agree. I mean, right. Right? You're, you're visualizing and you're drawing a triangle for me. So ask me the question again and I, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to do it like this. What is the focus of the triangle? Do you get it? Uh, movement ah movement nothing is sedentary i was about to say that oh you give you a chance to answer (laughs) (laughs) nothing is sedentary so like i've said before from the very beginning you can't expect a kid to sit all day when i hear people taking away recess it breaks my heart but also when i hear people say oh we figured it out we've got 10 more minutes of recess i want to be like thump them on the forehead yeah finally you know but Movement's important. And yeah. also you mentioned earlier play. That's what kids do. That's mm-hmm. how they learn. Mm-hmm. It's Gosh. their work. Let them that that's is the only time in in their life when they're children, when they're school age, when they're growing up and developing that that play is what they're able to do mm-hmm. and and what they should be it's doing. It's their only job. I mean, could you imagine if we got to play all day? Well, we do. We do. We do. We but get there's to... a pr- it's purposeful play. Exactly. I like to say I do tricky play. I'm tricking them into learning by just, you know, playing with them. That's because you have a toolbox full of tools to one regulate them and two meet them where they're at. So, modification is also key. Academic learning looks different for every single kiddo. Every single person. And a child. Not one size fits all. Right. A child 
you see one child with autism, you see one child with autism. You know, I didn't understand that until I was in the field. And that's such a cliche thing to say. Oh, and that's like when people say, only time will tell or some, <laughs> some silly thing like that. But it's true. You've met one child with autism. That's it. Yeah. You met one. Right. So your approach that worked before, kudos to you, but it's not going to work again probably the same way. So you have to individualize. You have to think on your toes. You have to be fresh every day and give the kids your best because mm -hmm. they also read, read you, oh, right? Oh my goodness. So talk about, we talked about interception as one mm -hmm. of the senses. Our kids are wickedly good at that. Right. They know if you're off, Body you better language. turn it on quick. Exactly. Because someone said this the other day too. I think it was Angela that said it, one of our, our mentors, the director of the place that we work. She said a lot of people think that children on the spectrum aren't good at reading body language. When in fact, it's the exact opposite. opposite. Complete opposite. They can look by a glance of the eye where we're thinking, okay, this is about to go up in flames. But you don't want to say it out loud, but you really want to tell your coworker, like, we're going to button this up. about to yeah. go up in Strap flames. Up. And they're like, where's the lighter? Yeah. I'm about to burn this thing down. Yeah. They pick but up on that. Mm -hmm. It's just, and that also comes with respect, which we'll, we will be talking about in other episodes. Over and over and over again. That's one of our core values and that has been instilled, but also pretty much beaten into us mm -hmm. because everyone in the field should. Also naturally. Respect. Yeah. I mean, I truly feel like that's why we do what we do and why we mm -hmm. love it so much and why we're doing this to advocate it for it is because that respect piece is lacking in so many. Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. I've heard people talk about children that are nonverbal mm -hmm. in front of the room yeah. with them. I'm like, hey, hello, right here. Well, could you imagine? Put yourself in, in that child's shoes. I would want to know that somebody's talking about me. I would want the, I, there's just, you need to treat everyone the way you would want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that's no different than a child who's nonverbal and not able to tell you that. That's no different than a child with needs or mm -hmm. differing abilities. You, you truly have to have respect for the children and the population that you work with, or you won't be successful. I agree. In the, the end period, go home. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, yeah, I think that we're really excited for um, episodes to come. We have some special guests that yes. are on the docket. And we in do. We've got our great occupational therapist, Tiffany Meyer. She's going to come in. We have a speech therapist that I truly respect and trust and is very highly trained. Mm -hmm. Courtney Willis. She's with Speech Wings of Texas. We absolutely adore her. Um, we've got a couple of our lead teachers coming in. We've got Excellent. people talking about social skills, talking about daily living skills, um, how to work with different ages of the population, mm -hmm. what it's like to run a school like we yeah. work with. Um, a parent. A I, parent. Oh, gosh, yes. I can't wait for that one. I know. So we're really excited. So if you um, enjoyed what what you're kind of putting down. Yeah. Um, you picking up what we're putting down? Yeah. Stay tuned and... And we will have new episodes every Friday. Yeah, every we're, Friday. We're really, really excited about. Yes. Um, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, or, which is not my bread and butter. I'm not going to lie to you. We're not really we're not, we're not twit savvy. We're not dripping on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but we will we will get better because I realize that that's it's important. Important day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's it. That's all we got. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay, stay regulated. regulated.